Well, you know, last week I talked about being uh, standing in solidarity. Uh, it's inspired, indeed, by the package that was given out by uh, the Singapore government. And again, I'm going to be. I, I was also inspired again by the resilience uh, package that was given out uh, following that. Although it came along with a, a, a challenging announcement that the circuit breaker will be extended, but I know we can do this if we do this together as the church. You know, being resilient is a needful term at this very moment. It's been a couple of weeks and it's been extended for another couple of weeks. And so it is difficult for those of us who've pinned our hopes on it ending very, very soon. You know, we are are like, let's hang in there, let's tahan, and then we reach there, we'll be okay. You know, I remember when I was in secondary school, one of the things that I dreaded the most was uh, the cross-country run. We will be brought to MacRitchie and gather as a school and we'll be made to run around the whole MacRitchie. Uh, I don't exactly remember anymore how long. I think we were made to run either 4.8 or 5.2 kilometers as uh, part of the, the whole school outing to do this uh, cross-country run, they call it. And the only thing that, that motivated me or, or kept me alive was the Milo truck. Man, some of you don't have that privilege anymore. You don't get the Milo truck anymore. It's, it's not the same. No, whatever Milo, other Milo you drink is not the same. Trust me. You know, Milo came out with the recent Milo truck Milo in the shops. It is not the same. You know, it's, it's like this cold drink that, that is available in this whole truck and then you get a really small cup, you know. I think it's uh, the, the fact that it's coupled with that long run that we have to go through and then the only small cup you get to drink and it's chilled, freezing cold that made it so awesome. Maybe if I drank it on any other day, it wouldn't be as awesome. But you know one thing that, that always is like, uh, towards the end, you know, there was always teachers that would be stationed at different intervals of the, of the run. And as you near the end, you see more and more teachers and you start to see more and more of your classmates who are done and they are like walking or helping or bring drinks to the teachers who are standing at the station. And you'll be like, yes, I am almost there. Imagine, right? Um, I'm not a good runner. My stamina is not very good. It's never been good. And I run and I run and I hang in there. And uh, okay, now to be honest, most of the time I walk. Okay, you know, I only pretend to run whenever I see a teacher. But then I'll be running and then you see the... The teacher numbers increasing, you're getting to see more and more teachers. You start to see some of your classmates, schoolmates, and you're, like, you're almost at the end. And then it gives you what they call a second wind. And then you can run, and then you, your energy comes up, and then you're like, yeah, I'm done, and you finish the run, and then you go home. You know, it's an awesome feeling. But imagine, right, you, like, you see that, and you read the signs, you're like, all right, I'm almost there, and you reach a turn. And the teacher says, oh, you've only reached the halfway mark. Oh, I would be so punctured. I would just like stop running. I would just like, oh, I can't do this anymore. I want my Milo ping, but I can't get it. And I'd be like, you know, mentally, it'd be just like defeated. And I'd be, I'd be like, let's give up and just take the bus home, you know, and I like, mark as absent or whatever. Like, it's really hard when, when you are fully expecting something to happen and then you get told that it's not going to happen for a while. In fact, the church suffered from that. You know, many, many years ago, uh, the, the, the whole Christianity in America, or most of it, 
thought that Jesus was going to come at a certain point in time. They, they, they read the scripture wrongly. They read the signs wrongly. And, and they were expecting Jesus to return on a, a certain year. He didn't come. In fact, it's recorded in history that that was called the great disappointment. You know, it is easy to read signs wrongly. It is easy for us to misread the scripture even. And so we have to be careful. We have to be mindful of how we are looking at things. I know there's a lot of signs and rumors and, and, and a lot of news on the, on, the, on the internet that says, wow, this is signs of something that's going to happen. Be careful. Be careful. It's not new. It has happened again and again. The most recent time was the millennium bug. The whole world was freaking out and they were like, the world is going to end. Why? Because our, our financial system is going to collapse because of the dating. We didn't put four spaces for the year. We only put two. And so 20, uh, two, year 2000 is going to become the year zero and everything is going to reset. Our information is going to be corrupted. We're in 2020 now, 20 years after that predicted doom of the world. I'm not saying it's not going to happen. I believe the scripture is real and the scripture tells us it is going to happen. But I'm just asking for us to be careful, to not misread signs, read too much into it. But at the same time, don't be blind. Don't be blind that it's not going to happen. Take it into consideration as you read the scripture, as you read the Bible. But you know what? The Bible tells us the most important thing is not to know when Jesus is coming. Jesus himself says, I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to focus on my relationship with my Father and being obedient to his will and sharing with others that Jesus, that I'm their Savior and the Father loves them. And that's what I ask the church to do. In this time, resilient to focus on staying okay, staying resilient to last through this period of time. You know, uh, resilience is defined by the Bible as an ability to recover from or adjust easily to misfortune or change. You know, one of the things that causes the most stress to people is misfortune. Bad things happen. And when circumstance change is another thing that will cause a lot of mental stress and psychological pressure. And we are in a time that's not only in a time of, I would deem it as misfortune, we're in a time of constant change. Every day we get updates on the rules changing. We are told that there's no more bubble tea. And some people are relying on bubble tea to sustain their, their mental health. Uh, it's okay, right? It's okay. You will make it through. And they say that there's no cakes, no desserts. You know, I really think the government is trying to protect us. They want a bunch of high cholesterol, high blood pressure people after this, uh, this circuit breaker, right? So they, they're breaking the circuit of unhealthy practice too. So, you know, you're still going to be okay. In fact, the news came out that maybe, maybe, you know, don't take my word for it. It's going to come uh, resume very soon in a couple of weeks. So don't stress, don't stress. Your bubble tea is still there. You know, I read the news uh, just a, a few days ago of people fighting because of bubble tea delivery and bubble tea order. Like, guys, calm down. But I think it's also because of the stress. It's because mentally we're at a point where it's so rough. You know, like you've been expecting it to end and it's not ending and they're taking away uh, a very simple thing that brings joy to your life. It does tip people over the scale. And I think that's what happened. That's what happened. 
You know, there's six areas that uh, resilience uh, tell us that we have to be mindful of. There's six categories that we must not give up in order to say, stay resilient in a time of uh, difficulty, misfortune, or change. The first is vision. You must know where you can go and where you are going. You know, you may have lost your job or your income is not as good as before. But one thing right now you can do is maybe to prepare yourself for a change. Maybe a change in career. It may not always be bad. And this time, because of the current situation, more people may be open to, to allowing people to move from one career to another. But also be prepared for the abundant blessing that's going to come afterwards. Uh, your, 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 your job may be suffering now, but the blessing may come later. But also personally, what's your vision for yourself during this time? Where do you want to go? What do you want to do with this downtime? Learn something new. You know the time that you've always been looking for? You have it now. It could be to grow in your relationship with Jesus. You say you never had time to do devotion, and now you do. Or maybe you don't because you're working from home and it's difficult. But have a vision. Know where you're going. Have a purpose and remind yourself of that daily so that you will not lose sight in the midst of the repetitive, constant way of living and working from home. Second, collaboration. It's so essential for us to not break what is important and fundamental to the human psyche, relationship. So no matter what you're doing, I know we're all suffering from Zoomitis. Too much Zooming, too much being online and, and interacting through the video calls and, and even the live stream sermon. I know it's difficult, but still, don't give up on that. Collaborate, make phone calls, video calls, talk to one another, connect with one another. It's important to keep you resilient. Next, tenacity. To be able to hang in there. Another word for it that, that I like is greed. Angela Duckworth talks about having greed and not just giving up easily. This is a time to actually train your ability to, be ten, to have tenacity, to hang through. And most people who make it through, who hang on, will succeed afterwards. So it's hang in there, hold on to it. And health. Don't forget that this time can easily make us forget that our health also needs taken care of. You know, we, we end up just losing our routine and, and don't sleep too well and we're not eating well. And don't forget to take care of yourself. You know, you need the health, physical health, in order to ensure your mental health and also your social health. Reasoning. Talk things through. When you look at a situation and you, you feel like it's overwhelming, stop, pause, write down why it's disturbing you. Why is it causing you a problem? Look at it, reason through, logically Look at what is happening to you. Don't choose the, the, the easy way seemingly out of this situation. Talk to somebody. Call somebody. Help is available. If you really are stuck, you know, look for creative ways to, 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 to get out of it, to do something different in the midst of your challenges. Finally, composure. Composure is the ability to stay calm, to breathe, and to look at the situation as objectively as you can. It's easy to just get caught up in the midst of it and things are overwhelming, things are hitting you left, right and center and your mind is in a shamble and you can't process things or information properly. So stay back, take a step back, compose yourself, breathe and analyze what's going on. But you know, I, I believe that apart from the sixth domain, that sociologists, psychologists has tell, have told us to, to keep ourselves resilient, I believe definitely 
from the scripture that there is a seventh domain that we need to be aware of. And without this seventh domain, everything else is going to be out the window. Everything else is going to be thrown out the window and it's going to not work. And I believe it's very important to include this seventh domain. And this seventh domain is the spiritual domain. The Bible tells us that spiritual is the spiritual domain is one of the most important domains that will encompass our entire life. It is easy to not recognize the existence of the spiritual realm. In fact, consistently in the scripture, many people have to be reminded by Jesus about the spiritual element of life. In fact, he talks about the Christian experience, not just as a fleshly experience, but a spiritual experience. And because of that, a lot of people are often confused. And I tell you, as Christians, we must not neglect the spiritual element because our God is spiritual. We may be tempted to think that it is not real simply because we cannot see or touch it. But I tell you, you can definitely feel it. The spiritual element that, that I talk about will encompass all these six domains. It will encircle all these six domains and guide it towards the proper path. It will ensure that these six domains are direct correctly at where it should be. Because if you depend on anything else outside of the spiritual domain that Jesus talks about, it's going to be not useful to you. It's not going to work. It's going to be a temporary band-aid that will, will peel off very easily and your, your, your wound will start to bleed again. You need the spiritual element. And what is it? I will uh, ask that you turn with me to the scripture, to Ephesians chapter 6, and talk about how we can prepare ourselves to be resilient. Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. It, it describes the whole armor of God. Doesn't it feel like we're in a war? Doesn't it feel like we're fighting an enemy that we cannot see, that is invisible, and we're being attacked from all fronts? It's not just the virus. It is our mental our health, our psychological health, social health, even our physical health. And definitely, I think it can be a part of it, the spiritual health is under attack. And the Bible tells us that this is the time we need to hold on to the Scripture, claim the promise, and look at the, the Scripture's warning for us. The Scripture already tells us what we have to look out for. And so go with me into the armor of God. Verse 10 and verse 11. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the scheme of the devil. I tell you, you know, it's easy to just think of the attacks we are facing as just a scientific attack. You know, it's just a virus, a, a thing that's happened. But the devil's not going to give up on any opportunity to attack you. He's not going to give up on any opportunity to cause you to have a problem in your relationship with Jesus. You know, the scripture tells us to be strong, not with the Lord, not from the Lord. The scripture tells us to be strong in the Lord, in the strength of not our own strength, but of His might. The scripture tells us that to sustain through this time, to be resilient spiritually, we have to continuously remind ourselves that our strength, our righteousness, who we are comes from being in the Lord. 
It's not Jesus in us, it's us in Jesus. Our goodness, our health comes by us being a part of Him who is all things good. And then we will be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. See, the devil is not just it's not stupid. He doesn't give you some blatant attack that you can see it coming. Even if he does so, it's, it comes in a way so quick that you actually, if you're not prepared, you'll be hit. But the Bible describes the devil not as a silly person, but as a scheming snake. So his ways of getting you is not going to be obvious. And it will hit you, beyond you before you realize it. So beware. You have to prepare yourself because the schemes of the devil may come left, right, bottom, up. You never know how it's going to come. So the Bible asks us to put on the whole armor of God. Not just one piece, but the whole armor of God. You know, verse 12 goes on to say, For we, rest, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Men, I can just have a whole sharing with you just from this one verse. You know, that, that we're being attacked from all fronts, that this, there's this spiritual force of evil at work. It's easy. In fact, that's the devil's work that in trying to tell us that he doesn't exist. The more we cannot see him, the more he's invisible, the more likely we're going to fall prey to his attack. You know, that's why in armies, even from ancient time, the ninjas, and in modern time, the covert teams have trainings in being invisible. Because the element of surprise is one of the strongest and most powerful weapons to gain victory. It's no wonder that we learn to camouflage ourselves when we're in national service. Although most of us fail, and uh, I remember an uh, experience where uh, my friend was sent to train in Thailand. You know, they're sent overseas to train very often. And he was at the border of Vietnam, uh, at the Thailand border. And, you know, they were learning to do camouflage. And my friends were like, yeah, you know, have playing a fool. And so the, the sergeant says, all right, go and find your Thai counterpart. Of course, the Singapore, I'm not begging, right? I'm just saying for national service guys, we are just sometimes not paying serious attention. And so they went out. And of course, they lost. The Thai found the Singaporean uh, uh, platoon so fast and uh, we couldn't really find that the, they couldn't really find the Thai soldiers, right? And, and, and then the Thai soldiers look at my friends and go like, hey, you know, what is even scarier is that all along this time, the Viets are there. Because, you know, it's at the border and when you have military exercise, uh, you have to guard your border, you know? And, and he says, just look, trying to find them. And... and for the life of them, they couldn't find the Vietnamese soldiers. And when they stood up, oh man, were they in shock. They were right in front, right before their eyes, and yet they couldn't see them. You know, the devil wants to be invisible. He wants to attack us with his invisible, spiritual, evil forces. And he wasn't want us to realize he's there. Even in a time like this, when we're focused on the politics, the signs, the suffering you know, that we can see, the devil is still at work. So Christians, followers of Jesus, be wary. The scripture is true. And the scripture tells us there is a spiritual force and an evil one that's trying to attack us. But you know the good news? The good news is there is a spiritual force that is for us. The good one, the stronger one, the more powerful one, the victorious one. 
Let us go on, verse 13 and 14, and read from the scripture of how we can prepare ourselves. Verse 13, Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, whole, not just some, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done so, to stand firm. God doesn't want us to just stand. He wants us to stand firm. Stand therefore, verse 14, having fastened on the belt of truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness. Let's go on to read. And as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. Verse 16, in all circumstance, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. Verse 17, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. And finally, it says, praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication to that end, keep alert with perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. You know, like this, this list, I've, I've learned it since Cradle Row. But it's always been like a fun thing to just remember it. But it's actually very powerful. Even as an adult, even as a grown-up, it is very useful. In fact, it's, it's of utmost importance, especially in a time like this, to keep resilient to face the trouble that may besiege us. Let me remind you, let's go through a little memory jog lessons on what they are. First of all, the helmet of salvation. Of course, when Paul writes this, he's talking about the Roman armor. That was what was available. It's not the British knight's armor. It's not the armor that the soldiers in modern warfare wear. It's the Roman soldier's armor, and they wear it. There's various pieces that they put on. And the first piece that is the most important is the helmet of salvation. You know, we need to remember, we need to remember where we are, who we are, our standing with Jesus. The devil's number one playground is attacking your mind and your thoughts and your thinking. He's going to cause doubts that the Lord has deserted you. Look at the troubles you are in. Look at the problems you are facing. Look at Him. Where is He? Do not doubt the Lord's goodness. The helmet of salvation tells us that Jesus, He's not one to ditch us. If, he has, if He's a God like that, He would have chosen to come down to this earth to die for you and me. He chose a life of suffering not to abandon us, but to save us. So remind yourself that your mind has to be guarded against all attacks. Secondly, let's look at the, the breastplate of, right, of righteousness. You know what does a breastplate guard? It's not to guard just the chest. It's to guard the most important, one of the second most or the most important organ. It's just the same as the mind. The brain is your heart, your emotions, your feelings. You know, to remember that you have a right standing with God. But the other thing about righteousness is not just about an individualistic, private righteousness. In fact, in the olden uh, uh, language, in the, the Hebrew that's, uh, and Greek that used to read right, this righteousness, is always paired with the word. Righteousness in right standing with God and also right doing. And the right doing is a word that's very closely related to the word we use today as in, in, to describe community service. So we're not just to ensure that we're in right standing with Jesus, with God. We also have to, because of that, go out and do the right thing 
to our society. It is no accident that the Bible couples righteousness and salvation with the judgment of have we fed the poor? Have we clothed the naked? Have we fed the hungry? You know, you don't only have to depend on the church organization to do this thing. You can do it yourself. Because why? You are the church. We are the church. The church can come together with all our eyes. We'll be able to see the need that's around us. The physical restriction we have has limited the capacity of me and, and the, 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 the paid team to do a lot of things. But you know, God's prepared you. You can do a lot more than me and my team can do by ourselves. Imagine 150 of us with all our eyes ready to look out for needs around us. That's going to cover a big, huge part of Singapore. And also, for those of you who are joining me from overseas, this is extended beyond the borders of Singapore. We can help people in Canada, in America, in Australia, in Taiwan, in Hong Kong, in South Africa, in South America. Everywhere that you are at, we can be of help and assistance because God has asked us to act righteously. <clears throat> Excuse me. Next, we go and look at the belt of truth. You know what's a belt for? A belt is to hold things together. It's to hold my pants up. And for them, of course, it's also to put other utilities. But also the belt holds the armor together. You know, all the things that we inform our mind, if it's not held together by truth, it's going to go astray. It's going to go down a path where we are tired out, drained, burned out because we're doing it wrong. One of the most important truths we have to remember, we're not going to do this by our own energy, our own effort, but by God's power. By being in Christ, is the church truly the church? We are called to be witness of His work and to come along Him and do those work. Next, the sword of the Spirit. It's the only offensive equipment described in this passage. You know, the sword is not to harm or, or attack. You know, it's amazing that the word here is to cut and most of the time to cause healing. Like the scalpel of a surgeon. At times like this, the church also needs to remind the community that they are part of, of what is available to them that they maybe they've been ignoring God for the longest time and they've been seeking for peace in the materialistic thing that they possess or the lifestyle that they chase after. That to remind them, the Word of God tells us that the true gift of peace, the true way to gain, uh, to, to gain calmness in our lives and, and trust and, and safety is in the Word of God, is in Jesus Christ the person. And so we have to go out there and use the sword of Jesus to cut some hearts, not to harm them, but to heal them. Next is the shield of faith. Again, and this is the most descriptive part of the passage where it says that the devil will throw fiery darts and try to attack you. And I tell you, the darts that the devil throws are usually lies. He's going to tell lies about your life. He's going to tell lies about God. He's going to tell lies about your community, about the government, about stuff all around you. Guard yourself the shield of faith. Have faith in Jesus. It's going to be tough. It's going to be shaken. But with everything else, your shield of faith will protect you from being harmed by the lies of the devil. And finally, 
feet prepared for the gospel. If you read the passage, it says the gospel of peace. You know, it's, it's part of the armor that allows the, the soldier to be in comfort as they move along, as they are in motion to talk to other people. We're not ca- called to be stationary. Even though we're called to stay at home, you can still be mobile, virtually, connect, reach out, share. You know, you can still do things that, that, that is maybe something you've never done before. This is a time to change. Put on those shoes of peace because the gospel of Jesus is not here to judge but here to save. The gospel of peace is what people need in the times like this. And you know this whole package added together when we participate in God's work and when we actively move forward in reaching people for Jesus, in sharing, in, in guarding ourselves, in putting on a helmet, this will help you stay resilient. This will protect you and, and encompass the whole entire being of being a resilient person in this time of need. So the spiritual element, don't neglect it. It is more important than anything you can do right now. And God is saying that we should come together finally in this passage to pray. Prayer, it says pray at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. So it says not to just pray for yourself, but to supplicate for others. It's always a two-way thing that the Scripture asks us to do. And it's when you help focus on helping others and not just on yourself that it's going to help you keep resilient in a time like this. And keeping alert with all perseverance, make supplication for all the saints. And I ask the church, I need your prayer too. Pray for me. In fact, I'm going to start school very soon. I was supposed to fly to the United States to do my classes there. But as you understand, I, I, I can't. And so in the midst of all this, I'm going to be a vampire. I'm going to be waking up at 1 a.m. for my classes. And also, I need your prayer for strength and endurance. I still can, 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 can connect and uh, communicate and minister to all of you while having my classes throughout the night. So really, I really need your prayer. I'm being vulnerable. I'm being honest that I need your help here. So pray for me. Pray for strength. Pray for wisdom. But I am thanking God and praising God that I have the privilege to still study, the privilege to still minister to all of you. And that's a blessing that I'm still thankful for. Don't get me wrong, I'm not complaining, but I'm asking for help, asking for prayer, and I'm thanking God for the privilege of that. So take time to think of others, think of yourself, and also take time to praise God, especially for this Sabbath day. Let us end in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for your love, We thank you for your promise in the scripture. Your word is real. Your word is true. May we hold on to what you've said. May we put on the full armor of God daily to protect ourselves against the evil forces. Help us to realize the the, the existence, the reality of the evil forces, but all the more the reality of your spiritual existence in our life. For the Spirit's work is real and true and help us to acknowledge that and see it day by day. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thank you for joining us for Online Church today. I hope to see you very, very soon again next week. And in the meantime, stay connected.